Hello, I am Dr. Terrence O'Hay Sr., and I am the senior pastor of Faith Deliverance Church of God in Christ, the place where ministry and music, and of course, the saving of souls is our goal. I'd like to say welcome to Power Talk. And today we have a very intimate conversation with a very special person tonight who is our guest. And uh, and I, I'm so honored to have him on tonight because he is no stranger to yours truly. And uh, let me say this, he's, he's a true officer and a gentleman. He's a husband, father, and he's a preacher. Uh, and we say the church of God in Christ. So we welcome him tonight. So everyone, I want you to welcome tonight uh, this young man, Lieutenant Commander from the U.S. Navy, Elder Curtis Holly. Welcome tonight, Curtis. Thank you so much, Dr. Hayes. Pleasure to be here. God bless, sir. God bless you. Thank you for joining us tonight. We're getting ready for an upcoming Veterans Day weekend, uh, commencing on November 4th through the 6th. And as I began to prepare for this uh, uh, event coming up, I began to look about the, the military members who are deployed across the country, who families travel to different cities and states, and they come to locations they may have never been before. And then they come to the different various cities to their different assignments. Many of them seek out a place of worship for ministry. So we're gonna talk about that tonight. But before I get into that uh, conversation, uh, Commander uh, Curtis Holly, tell us something about your military background before we get started, or even about your family, just what you wanna share with us on tonight. Okay. so. Thank you for this opportunity, Dr. Hayes. Uh, you've, you've been a mentor for about 17 years plus. And, and uh, you know, it's been a, it was a privilege and an honor to serve under you and your leadership in ministry. And it is a privilege and honor to continue to work and serve in the ministry. It's a, a full-time calling 24 seven, just like the military. Uh, so with the military, uh, I followed like you, Dr. Hayes, I was prior Air Force, started off joined the Air Force in June of 1997. And I spent the first seven and a half years in San Antonio, Texas, a variety of jobs. Uh, I started off, I think we had the same Air Force specialty called AFSC, Information Management. Yes. So I, I started off after I got out of tech training in Keesler Air Force Base, the Air Force shipped me back to San Antonio. And, and it's really funny, uh, Dr. Hayes, because after spending six weeks in basic military training and then another uh, eight weeks at Keesler Air Force Base in Mississippi, I wanted to get out of the Southeast. I did not, I surely didn't want to go back to San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> so I remember sharing with my parents, I said, I don't want to go to San Antonio, Texas, but you know, my father, my mother uh, just kind of told me uh, to do the best that I can wherever I'm at and, and God will bless me. So I spent yes. the first seven and a half, eight years in San Antonio, and then right after San Antonio, um, the end of 2004, the Lord moved me to Dayton, Ohio, uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, yeah. uh, where I met you, Dr. Hayes, met you and your wonderful family and the church, Faith Deliverance, Church of God in Christ. Uh, I served as a drummer there. I was part of uh, the youth department there, and we had a great time. And it's just a blessing to see how the church has continued to thrive and grow uh, over the last you know, 17 years or so since I, or actually probably 15 years since I left uh, Faith Deliverance. Mm -hmm. uh, so while, after I left uh, Faith Deliverance, Dayton, Ohio, uh, I met my wife, uh, Deshay Holly. 
Yeah, I was in uh, Ohio. She was, of course, in Michigan at the time. Uh, so I actually had a little, uh, what we would say, a break in service. So I actually got off active duty uh, in the early part of 2007, went mm -hmm. through the reserves and I uh, moved okay. to Michigan. I had a uh, job where I was offered to work for uh, the U.S. Steel uh, Corporation. I started off as a shift manager uh, because I had an undergraduate degree in human resources mm. after about six months. Uh, the Lord blessed me to get an opportunity to work in the human resources office as a staff uh, employee relations supervisor. Well, while I was in Michigan, I was uh, doing reserve duty out of Niagara Falls Air Force Base. And I'm originally from Buffalo, New York. So that was well because I had a chance to see my folks back in Buffalo one weekend a month, two weeks out the year. And I was there from about 2007 to about 2000, mid 2008. Mm -hmm. uh, the company that I was working for at the time, U.S. Steel, relocated me just like the military, relocated me to uh, Granite City, Illinois, which was right outside of St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And I uh, continued my military reserve duty. I transferred to Scott Air Force Base uh, in Illinois, uh, where I was there for about two and a half, about two and a half, almost three years. I, I was actually uh, serving under uh, Bishop Bass, uh, the Empowered Church of God in Christ in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, my youngest son, Justin, was born in St. Louis. Actually, Joshua was born while we were in Michigan. So two boys, uh, Joshua's 14 right now, freshman in high school, uh, doing great things. Uh, he's blessed. Uh, Justin is 12 years old. He's in seventh grade, uh, doing great things. Just a blessing to have two boys. And uh, after I was in uh, Scott Air Force Base, Illinois. Uh, the Lord blessed me to, to get commissioned uh, through a program called the Health Services Collegiate Program. At that time, I already had, a, uh, had an undergraduate degree, Human Resources Management from Park University. Uh, I had received also a, a master's degree in administration from Central Michigan University. Uh, so I had an opportunity where I met uh, actually my supervisor, uh, whom I was working for while I was at Scott Air Force Base, mm -hmm. introduced me to an opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he just sat me down. I think I was a master sergeant at the time. And he said, hey, Sergeant Holly, uh, I know you're trying to get commissioned. Have you ever thought about the Navy? And the first thing I said, Dr. Hayes, was uh, I really can't swim that well. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let me I say said, this. <laughs> I can't swim at all. <laughs> yes, sir. And, you know, my envision of swimming was you know, standing on the side of the pool, jump in the water, get up and get out the pool. So I, I really, uh, it really made me pretty anxious uh, to be honest with you. And after uh, I, I met with the recruiter and he assured me, hey, you'll be able to pass the swim test once you get into the officer program. Uh, so I applied the first year. I wasn't selected for commissioning. Uh, mm -hmm. Of course you get discouraged. You, you get kind of worried you get because it was a few times uh, dr hayes that while i was in the air force i had tried to get commissioned uh, a number of times mm. uh, but obviously the lord had a bigger and better plans to where i was able to get a commission in the united states navy as a, a medical service corps officer uh, so while i was at scott the second year i applied and there was a program where the navy actually paid for you to go to graduate school uh, in mm -hmm. the health field. So I got a master's in health administration uh, at that time from the University of Missouri, which was about two hours away. And the, the Lord just made provisions where 
I was able to matriculate through that program. And then once I finished that, um, I, I applied and got accepted. And so literally the day after I graduated uh, with my master's degree, I was commissioned as a Lieutenant JG uh, O2E, uh, mm -hmm. prior enlisted pay, um, right after the day after graduation. This was around December 16th of 2011. And then from that point, after I got commissioned, I had to go to uh, Newport, Rhode Island for four weeks, uh, right in the wintertime, 2011, right after the new year. Actually, it was January of 2012, January to February 2012. Mm -hmm. uh, the good thing, it was only five weeks long, but, um, you know, right there off the cold, uh, being from Buffalo, I thought I knew what the cold weather was. But when you're in New England, Rhode Island, uh, it was 20 below zero. That oh, was wow. very cold. Wow. <laughs> and um, so after, and the family remained at, at a Scott Air Force Base at the time until I finished my commissioning officer training. And then from that point, uh, the Navy moved us down to Pensacola, Florida, where I served my first tour as an officer. I, I was there from 2012 uh, to 2014. And then from 2000, in 2014, right around May or June timeframe, uh, the Navy relocated me to San Diego, California. Uh, where I served for five years. Uh, when I was in California, I was with uh, uh, Bishop, the late Bishop George Dallas McKinney um, yes. from 2014 to um, about 2016. And then uh, mid-2016, uh, we moved a little bit south, uh, actually a little bit north, rather, in, in San Diego. And uh, we joined uh, ministry at Monty Temple, Church of God in Christ, uh, Superintendent uh, Mason, uh, which is where I was ordained. I was actually ordained under Bishop McKinney as, as a prelate, but I actually got my license uh, under uh, Superintendent Mason. And mm -hmm. a couple of years later, the Lord uh, elevated me to the ministry of elder. And I was in San Diego for five years. And I got to tell you, Dr. Hayes, uh, we love San Diego. San Diego is a beautiful place, beautiful area, a great place to raise a family. The weather is lovely. <laughs> I think the first couple of years we were there, it, it was probably 70 degrees year round. Mm. Um, towards the last couple of years, uh, right around 2018, 2019, it started to get a little bit uh, abnormal weather. You know, it was starting to get in the hundreds, starting to get high 90s, a little bit more humidity. Uh, so when I left San Diego in June of 2019, end of June, for, uh, right after I got ordained uh, as an elder and the military relocated us here to the East Coast, to the mm -hmm. D.C. area where I was serving at uh, Defense Health Agency. And I've been here in the D.C. area for the last uh, three and a half years. Okay. So well, that's my 25-year, in a nutshell, career. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me say, you have had an awesome career at a, a broad spectrum of assignments, locations, transitioning and to hear you mention that you're beginning with the Air Force, of course, you and I walked in that same path as information managers. I, I'm just learning that tonight. And uh, we were both down at Biloxi, Mississippi for the train and of course, and then of course from that moment, but but you said something, you know, I, I appreciate you said, you said your parents encouraged you to adapt and adjust wherever, you were placed and you made that work in your life and through those transitions and the different places you, you, you had 
had uh, landed with your uh, military career, but there was something about you. You said you always wanted to be an officer. And God allowed that to happen yeah. for you. And, uh, and and that speaks volumes of who you are as an individual, because to become an officer, uh, it, it represents leadership. It, it represents providing uh, the support and giving guidance to those who follow. And of course, you you were a good follower. As you mentioned, as you made your transition to right past Earth's base, you were one of those excellent young men in the ministry. You served with the drums with my son, Troy, and the part of the youth department. And I just appreciate you were, you were just someone that uh, good discipline, good training, and all those great things. So I commend you for that. And we also have one more other step in common. You mentioned Park University. Park University was the first uh, college that I attended when I actually became serious about my academic journey, of course. And uh, speaking of that, which brings me to this question, as a, a, a Navy officer, you took advantage of the benefits. I think it's so important that military members who are serving our country look at the benefits that are offered to us, that are presented to us. It says here, anyone who stops learning is old, whether at 20 or 80. Anyone who keeps learning stays young. Let me say that one more time. Anyone who stops learning, who stops learning is old, whether at 20 or 80. But anyone who keeps learning stay young. That was from Henry Ford. So you're staying, you're staying young because you are yet learning. You are yet advancing. You are let leading. You're yet taking charge. You even mentioned something about when you wanted to apply for the Navy and you weren't accepted the first time. And as you shared, you did not let that stop you. Why didn't that stop you? Because many times, you know, we we pursue something and we and we kind of uh, uh, speak ourselves out of it or step away from something from our own words. Well, they didn't accept me, so I guess I can't. It's it's not for me. But you didn't take that approach. You pursued it again. Talk about that. So one of the things, uh, Doctor Hayes, was uh, you, you know I really. You know, and I'm finding even in ministry, uh, you know, when you have a purpose, you have a passion uh, for whatever God has called you to do uh, in the ministry, various forms of ministry. And, and one of the things that, uh, you know, growing up, I was always told, you know, that I couldn't do something or I wouldn't be good enough or I wasn't the right person. I, I remember uh, when I was in high school, um, I looked at the Air Force Academy Um as an option. And my guidance counselor uh, flat out told me, uh, Curtis, uh, I'm just going to be upfront with you. Your, you don't have the academic aptitude to qualify. And mm. which he was right. I mean, it, it's a very, a lot of these service academies are very rigorous uh, to get in. And so I made a promise to myself that if I joined the military, um, I was going to be the best that I, I could. Now, I didn't know I was going to be an officer at the time, uh, Dr. Hayes. I just knew 
uh, after high school that the military was something I wanted to do. You know, my father's a retired, uh, medically retired uh, Marine. Okay. Uh, so I looked at, you know, the military as a way of uh, giving me good direction, giving discipline, uh, just giving me something that I could use, whether I served for four years, 10 years, or 20 years, I knew uh, the military was going to set me up for success. And to your, to your point about why didn't I let the, uh, you know, getting rejected uh, mm -hmm. stop me because uh, one of, one of the, the characteristics I feel like I've always had was uh, perseverance. Mm -hmm. And uh, being the oldest of four, um, I felt like I had to be a good role model and just set a positive example. Mm -hmm. um, and, and really one of the things that you may laugh when I say this, Dr. Hayes, but I knew the money, uh, there was a, a fine disparity with, you know, being an, an enlisted member, although it was great. I'm so happy and grateful to serve uh, for the 14 years of my career that I did as an enlisted member. But I knew I really didn't really do it for the money, uh, Dr. Hayes, but I did it for the influence. Mm -hmm. and, and I said, Lord, if you elevate me to become an officer, uh, I just want to be an influence and, and let my light uh, shine and hopefully mentor others uh, mm -hmm. that had some of the same challenges, some of the same trials and tribulations that I had as a young enlisted member mm -hmm. uh, and, and really encourage them and let them know, uh, keep your goals. Uh, you can attain anything you put your mind to. And, and most importantly, you can do all things through God um, that strengthens you. And so it was tough, you know, Dr. Hayes, and I didn't mention this, and maybe you don't know this, but over the course from the time I joined the military in uh, 1997 to 2011, that 14 year journey of getting mm -hmm. commissioned, uh, it was seven times that I was rejected. So I got, I got selected on my seventh attempt. Now it wasn't seven consecutive years, but over that course of 14 years, yes. I finally got selected on my seventh try. Now that's, now that right there is a great, great sign that you were destined to become who you are today. Because you said it was through pers perseverance, your resilience, you pushed forward. You did not stop. Oh, wow. I salute you for that one. I didn't know that. And thank you for sharing that. Because as you said, you wanted to have influence. You mentioned your brothers, you're the oldest. And uh, I got to give a shout out to your brother, uh, the uh, the boxer, uh, oh, the, Chris, uh, Chris the, fit, <laughs> the physical fitness. Yes. That guy got all kind of personality, but I got to say he's this. A, he's a beast. <laughs> all you Holly gentlemen, you guys are GQ sharp. Y'all, you guys dressed, y'all dressed to kill. And, uh, <laughs> and I salute your father. Uh, or, or let's let's say we appreciate your dad, as you said, he was medically discharged from the Marines. So we thank uh, Pastor Holly for his service to this great country, and I know he cannot be even more prouder of all his children. But to see his son in the rank of a military officer—that's just kudos. So so let's get back. Uh, thank you for your answer there. So therefore, as you pursued your military education, you know we're speaking about the benefits. There's the GI benefit. There's the post 9/11 GI Bill. So other, so the the, the 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 benefits that are in the military that are given uh, to the uh, veterans or the, the military members uh, once you you know take your 
uh, go through your, your career and serve your country because I use my GI benefits after I separated from the military. So I became that veteran and I used the post 9-11 and it took me from no degree. I started at ground zero and I ended up staying in, in school for nine years, nonstop with the post 9-11, but, uh, but my post 9-11 was only for 36 months. And after the 36 months, guess what? It was all on Terrence, right? And I made the decision that's just as you mentioned, God had placed me on this path. When I said within myself that I didn't think I could even go to college, but when I began and, and, and took the step of faith to attend college, I had to lean on the word of God. Mm -hmm. And as you said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And because I had math anxiety, you know, you mentioned about the swimming, uh, the apprehension, but I felt, you know, you know, I try to find all kinds of degrees that didn't have math, right? <laughs> Guess what? I searched all over, couldn't find it. So, <laughs> so I had to, as you said, as, as you, you made in your mind, I said, I have to take, have, uh, perseverance and get into that 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 place to accomplish what was before me and complete it uh, but uh, so the so therefore the GI benefit how did you use that towards your edu your education yes yeah, so one of the things that I didn't realize was you know so after um, I, I think I, I had to uh, wait you know, to start going to school. I remember when I got to my first duty station, uh, I think the first day that I checked on board, I think I asked my supervisor, uh, who was a staff sergeant at the time, I said, hey, you know, I'm really glad to be here. I uh, look forward to, you know, being an asset, but when can I start school? Hold on, Airman Holly, that time will come. We want you to learn your job first, get situated, get acclimated to the military life. But after probably, uh, Dr. Hayes, probably after the first 13, 14 months, I think right after the year mark, um, I was able to go to school. And at the time, uh, this was right around 90, I think we were right into 98 at that point, because this was, I had, yeah, 98. Um, we had, you know, tuition assistance. And I believe at the time, uh, the tuition assistance was, uh, you know, being paid for by the Air Force, and they were paying 75% of yes. the tuition. Yes. And I recall, um, you know, starting off with one class. And uh, like yourself, uh, Dr. Hayes, I am not a big fan of math. <laughs> I'm okay. I mean, but I was never, uh, even in grade school and, and, you know, matriculating through high school, um, you know, I would struggle to get a B in math. And I mean, I had, and, I, and that was from having a tutor um, really studying. Um, I think I got a couple A's. I got my first, I think I got my first A, um, I mean, I got A's in math in, in, in grade school, but as I got to like high school and college, uh, it was really challenging. And I said, I, well, I knew math wasn't for me, so which is why I pursued uh, human resources management. Uh, but when I went back, uh, started going to school, um, it was 75% tuition assistance. Okay. Then it went to 90%. Um, then it went to 100%. And this mm. was right. Uh, this was right before September 11th, when the mm. the, uh, the Air Force, I think DOD wide, 
instituted the 100% tuition assistance. And at this point, Dr. Hayes, you know, this is when I began to see the difference. Um, and now, nowadays, I mean, you, especially in the Air Force, I mean, I worked in a joint environment where I still work with airmen, soldiers, Marines, uh, sailors, Coast Guardsmen. And, you know, 20 years ago, it was rare to even find a staff sergeant or a technical sergeant with a bachelor's degree. Now, oh, wow. you'll, you'll, uh, you'll see an airman, uh, a airman first class, sometimes with a master's degree, uh, mm. just because the, the educational benefits that are being offered, you know, mm. with the tuition assistance, as well as uh, the post 9-11 uh, GI Bill. And there's also some other uh, offsetting mm-hmm. uh, mechanisms for for the active duty members who pursue or want to pursue education opportunities, you can use your post 9-11 GI Bill and as well as your tuition assistance. So really uh, just taking advantage of those benefits, uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Hayes, because uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, one of the things that I, one of the reasons I joined the military was uh, obviously, you know, serve my nation, serve my, you know, wear the uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, as my grandfather would say, make a man out of me. My late grandfather would say that. Mm-hmm. It'll make a man out of you. Okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, I certainly don't regret, uh, you know, joining the military. It's provided us some great opportunities, uh, both personally and professionally, but just have, like you said, those educational benefits mm-hmm. uh, were just too tough to pass, pass up, especially when, um, you know, the, the Air Force at the time was paying, you know, essentially p- giving you a full ride to go to school. And even mm-hmm. the, uh, the book, you can rent the books for free from the library or uh, the school. You can order books through the school and then you would pay for the book at a discounted rate. And then once you finish the course, you could sell the book back. Mm-hmm. So it was really a, a good, as they would say, a good deal. It was a blessing. So it was just a great opportunity. I'm thankful, eternally grateful for it. Well, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing even the story about how the military has changed with, uh, you, you mentioned the Airman First Class and how is the rarity of seeing military members, you know, with these uh, type of graduate degrees, undergraduate d- degrees, and to see an A1C with a master's degree, just goes to show you, we have a very well-educated military, uh, the opportunities that are, that, that are presented to them. And these young men and women are coming in, serving their country. You know, as you said, you know, we, the benefit of course, there are benefits and serving the country. You know, we thank God for this great country that we are blessed to be a part of and live in. But as we serve and as we uh, do what's asked, required of us, respect those that are officers over us and and, 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 and obey the, the command and authorities of, of our the, the president that's, that's serving the country at that, that, at that during that time. And um, it just makes us, as your grandfather said, make makes us to become the men and and the, and the great women that they become just having this uh, type of uh, discipline and background in our lives to be successful which brings me to uh, the final question on tonight because I appreciate your time uh commander Holly as you said and you may have answered again but I want to just kind of hone in a little closer to it because you spoke, you spoke many things about transitioning uh, as you were serving. And I didn't realize you had stepped away for, for a short time and went to the reserve. 
while yet uh, and at, at that point, you had to no doubt transit to a civilian type workplace. Um, and as uh, this uh, program that I teach uh, military veterans, they are now getting ready to make a transition from their active duty life coming into a civilian life. And we all know, well, I can speak from my experience and you've somewhat had some of that. What we learn in, uh, uh, as a military member, it doesn't always translate to the civilian life. So we got to know how to adjust and adapt, appreciate what we learned and bring it forth with us and carry as much of those skills or many of those skills as applicable to what a profession we may seek afterwards. But as you made the decision from an enlisted troop to become an officer, what transition, what did that transition look like from the enlisted coming now to an officer in your transition from that aspect? You know, it was um, a great honor and a privilege. You, you know, one of the one of the things that uh, you know we say um, in the Navy. I know the Air Force doesn't really refer to it, but in the Navy, uh, we we refer to Mustang officers, and those are those officers, men and women who were prior enlisted. Uh, there's a uh, a saying that typically your Mustang officers tend to make. Uh, better officers. I don't want to get in trouble for saying that, but I really think, uh, you know, Dr. Hayes, to be a good leader, you have to certainly be a good follower. Um, and I don't think I'm, you know, the greatest leader uh, there is. Obviously, I've, I've taken different tenets and different uh, attributes that I've admired in others and not so good attributes that I didn't admire and say, you know, if I ever become, even, you know, when I started matriculating through the enlisted ranks, you know, from, you know, staff sergeant to tech sergeant to master sergeant, I always said that, you know, God, I just want to continue to be a vessel and just continue to strive to be the best. And then when you go from an enlisted to an officer, uh, really one, one of the things that, you know, a lot of the, your subordinates see, uh, they see your ribbons. So they could look at you and tell, uh, just from your uniform and say, okay, this this man, this woman uh, started off prior enlisted. But even as being a prior enlisted uh, officer, uh, you really um, are often watched and you're often judged. So it's very important, um, you know, like your introduction, you said an officer and a gentleman, humbly uh, grateful, <laughs> appreciate that. But uh, one of the toughest things, you know, it's really tough, uh, Dr. Hayes, to be a leader. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of people really don't understand uh, the trials and tribulations set forth for leaders. Um, you know, th there's a saying that everybody wants to be a leader until they are a leader. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely, there's a lot uh, that you have to really be mindful of in terms of, you know, everything you do, and, and especially a as a Black officer. Mm -hmm. um, if I could just touch on that briefly, um, you know, the military is, you, you know, they really preach diversity. Um, and, and really uh, be, being a black officer, an African-American officer is challenging uh, just because, uh, you know, you're, you're put in a position of leadership. Um, you know, there's a lot of, especially for me uh, in the Navy as a medical service corps officer, as a very young officer, um, as an 01, 02, you're given a great deal of responsibility. 
I mean, mm -hmm. you're you're managing a hundred million dollar budget. Um, you're leading sometimes as many as a hundred, uh, not just sailors, but also civilians and contractors as well, depending on what type of positions uh, you hold or where you're serving at. Mm -hmm. uh, so really uh, just setting a good example and, um, and, and really having good mentors. Uh, one of the things that uh, I'm, I'm a very uh, down to earth person. Uh, I'm a people person. I love to talk you know, to people. I love to interact with people. Uh, so one of the things that I think that's really been a blessing is uh, just being approachable, uh, knowing how to find mentors, knowing how to find mentees, and just, um, you know, being competent, but at the same time, walking in humility, uh, being humble, knowing when to ask for help, knowing when not to ask for help. Uh, that, that really was the toughest transition. And I got to tell you, going from one service to another service, from the Air Force enlisted to mm -hmm. a naval officer was totally different. Wow. Um, wow. And as yes. much as um, in the Air Force, mm -hmm. once you reach the rank of E5 staff sergeant, I mean, I was a military training instructor, uh, MTI at Lackland as a senior airman, as an E4. You know, I was pushing, um, you know, 500 recruits through a year, you know, as a senior airman and, and just okay. the level of responsibility. I really think that was a good stepping stone. Um, it really helped pave the way uh, in terms of leadership. It really opened up a lot of doors. Uh, it built confidence. It, it really uh, helped me from a communication standpoint, uh, both, um, you know, as a leader and as a follower, because I've always been blessed to have good leaders and mentors on the enlisted side. Uh, whether they were peers of mine, whether they were subordinates, as well as superiors, mm -hmm. um, just being able to kind of work with people and uh, gain their respect, gain their trust has really been uh, has really been a blessing. But the, the biggest transition going from an enlisted to an officer um, was just really uh, taking everything that you have in your, your military experience and, you know, translating it to the to the officer side. So overall, it's been a real blessing. Very, very fortunate, very blessed. Okay. Wow. Thank you for that answer. And I enjoyed all that you shared because you added another twist to my question. Your transition was not only from enlisted to officer, but you, you transferred to a different branch, becoming a Navy sure. uh, officer versus in, uh, an Air Force officer. So you really have shown the strength and, and the tenacity and the resilience and the, and the perseverance to become who you are. I am proud to know you. I'm honored to know you. And you know, I tell you what, when whenever that day comes for you to uh, retire, you know, many times, uh, I love to be in the house and, and have to salute you, you know, come on. <laughs> because you, are, you had, Dr. Hayes. Yes, sir. You, uh, you, des you deserve that. Yes, sir. You deserve that. You said something. Now, 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 now I got to close, but you said something. And this is the theme of the Church of God in Christ. You know, we had a, a call with all the men in the Church of God in Christ a few days ago, and they're going to honor all the veterans. Uh, and, I, and I appreciate uh, uh, the President Golden of the men's ministry. They're going to honor all the veterans. And I heard him say this year, they're, they're going to march in. And that's going to be something to, to behold and something to, uh, to see. Uh, because, again, this church of God in Christ is honoring our veterans. But you said something. 
about the challenge of life, the challenges that you encounter. And I and I think of our leader, Bishop J. Dushiard, he gave a great thing for this year, uh, the challenge we face. The challenges that we face in these difficult times and the difficulties, as you said, becoming a black African-American officer serving and, and having a responsibility to lead and take charge. And how you mentioned how the different ones, you know, the, the eyes are on you to see how you, you know, move forward, your decision-making skills all above. But, but you took things from your toolbox in the Air Force. You were a military instructor bringing 500 troops coming in for training and learning that's whoever is listening tonight that's going to repeat this officer right here he was your training instructor and and you've come to where you are because of what this man taught you because you had to be disciplined to get out of basic training you had to follow because he he, he laid the map to get you to complete so uh, uh commander holly thank you tonight for this conversation and I appreciate your time, your leadership, the discipline and all the above. And you and I both know uh, to God be the glory for the things he has done. And, and our faith is so important to keep us humble as you mentioned tonight, to keep us grounded. Uh, as you said, having mentors, listing someone who's perhaps been, been where we're endeavoring to go. Uh, willing to listen and learn. And then, and once we learn, you said you love talking with people, you love expressing yourself uh, to God be the glory. So mm -hmm. final words from you, I'm going to sign off. Okay. Well, just certainly thank you for this time, uh, Dr. Hayes. Um, again, it was a pleasure to serve in your ministry from uh, 2004 to 2007. Um, and just thank you for the opportunity. And, and I'm just godly proud of uh, what God has done for you and your family and what he's continued to do uh, for me and my family. And just thank you for this opportunity to be a vessel um, in the ministry. Thank you for your time, sir. I appreciate you. God bless. Thank you. God bless. And give our love to Shane, your sons, your family. Yes, sir. Be blessed. God bless. Thank you.